Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC DC Marvel 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 We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Thank you hey, again hey, for hey, tuning hey, in and checking out and the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday Sorry about from that. 6 to 7 on MixLR. Sorry about that. <laughs> Welcome wow. to another edition of the Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this hour-long or so uh, journey into the comic book frontier in which we give you tons and tons of number ones because that seems to be our shtick. I don't know about tons, but we got a bunch of them. We we give metric tons of number ones. Wow. That rhymes. Metric tons of number ones. Look at you. You're a poet and you didn't even know it. Uh, ooh. Uh, so, uh, thank you for tuning in. You could in. write rhymes for uh, Vanilla Ice. Wow, really? Yeah. That's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so every Monday uh, from 6 to 7, uh, Rich and myself will give you our take on some of, some of the new comics that are coming out, comic books you should be reading, comic books you might want to skip, uh, but just generally giving you our review of various comics that have come out in uh, the prior week. So... Thank you so much for tuning in. That is right. Um, we have a, go oh, ahead. go ahead. No, here. I was going to say we have um, four new number ones and a, kind of a magazine slash preview of yeah. a number one that Image put out. And we're going to check in with um, our Superman, Dying Superman, and this week's issue because it is a, a weekly mm-hmm. uh, march to his death. And... Um, we are going to give you our review of the final, uh, the long story of standoff at Pleasant Hill. <laughs> That's just finally over. That's finally over. Yes. But um, it wasn't as long as that damn Secret Wars crossover was. Well, yeah. Um, also, if you want to join us, we do this live every Monday, like I said, from 6 to 7. You can come in and mingle with us, chat with us. Where so do they go, Des? They go to uh, MixLR uh, and search The Geek Chat. Always add the. Always add the. And you can join us and chat with us. We we love chatting with our our, uh, our listeners in the chat room. So um, if, you're, if you're listening to this through one of the many platforms like iTunes or all that, and you wonder why we talk to people people it's because they're the ones that are in the chat room live every week and we thank them for tuning in live yes thank you <laughs> and um but if you can't tune in live you can always check us out on our various platforms like Rich said or you can come to our facebook group which is the geek chat and how you find us is you go to uh, facebook go to the group section search the geek chat and join the conversation so uh <laughs> yes yes frank it was it was two months long, but that was two months too long. Yes, um, it was. So our we'll be reviewing that later in this broadcast. Yes, we will. Um, so the first book we're going to <laughs> that we're going to review is a book that we chose especially for one of our listeners, Charles, because he's just so sweet. Oh, he is. And the go, book is go ahead. Strawberry Shortcake <laughs> from IDW issue number one, written by Georgia Ball. Art by Amy Meberson, colors by Fernando Peniche, letters by Robbie Robbins, 
and the cover A, it was there's two covers as always, and this lovely cover was by Amy Memberton. Memberson, I'm very sorry. And the other one, the subscription one, was well, it's actually a strawberry scented one. Oh my god, I wish you could have got that one. It'll be in this week. Nicoletta Nicoletta Baldari did that little scented one. I can't wait for that to come in. Because I remember strawberry shortcake, like all their hair smelt differently, or they had a scent patch on the top of their heads. A yes. scent patch. Yeah, I used I used to collect strawberry shortcakes. They I were believe actually it. My, they were actually my cousin. Mm-hmm. They were her dolls. Wink, wink. And I would play with them, and we, I'd play with her Care Bears and stuff. So, yeah, I cannot wait for them to be a Care Bear uh, comic book. We should write it. No. <laughs> so what did you think of this? I was a little, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. This is an updated version, which everything is updated, and that is fine. Um, they're just as cute. They have big heads and little bodies. Strawberry Shortcake really looks exactly like she used to. Uh, they, they gave her a little, I mean, they, they tweened her up a little they bit. They did, but at know. least none of these girls have giant boobs. I was very <laughs> yes. happy to see that. <laughs> it is very age appropriate. It I'll is. I'll give you that. Um, the story is very simple and it has to be because it's, it's an all ages book but it's not so it's not mind-numbingly it I had a plot was, i thought there was a lot of drama involved you know the evil pie man is this weird hipster guy <laughs> and it's a baking contest i didn't realize and of course that, he cheats and if he cheats and you know gets them you know gets people disqualified and a condescending grandma who thinks she's always right um and those are bugs, right? Yeah, they're bugs. Yeah, that's always that was kind of weird because I guess it's like a strawberry patch. Yes. So there, of course, there's bugs in like strawberries. So I like that the bugs are not villains. They're just kind of like they just kind of do everything. You notice that? No. Yeah. Well, there is no clear villain. There's just a guy who does uh, bad things well, in a world a, of these girls. There was a villain. Yeah. You know, there was a villain in the original one. I yes. But I. But I but I love what you said when we were when we were talking about this comic earlier. There was one thing that kind of annoyed you. There is, and I just I thought it was very very fun and and interesting because it makes total sense. What annoys me is the fact that it's bad enough you can't walk down the sidewalk without someone being on their goddamn phone, ignoring everyone around them. And now we're teaching our children to do the same thing. This book <laughs> has tons of fucking cell phones in it. Yes. They're taking pictures. They're taking... Like in one picture, he was having that stupid selfie yes, stick. Yes, no, no, and multiple pictures. Well, yeah, selfie I stick. was just... <laughs> really? No. For me, that's a no. Yeah, it, I was I was a bit taken back by, by all of the... Uh, the the uh the the selfies that he was doing and he was always like texting and she's like did he even make a pie yeah. how did he make this pie yeah no paul bitch pudding was not in this episode no nope, not in this one not in <laughs> no, this one no bitch pudding barry kim bloom i love the little words that they say when when things happened it was cute it's going to be in all ages i'm glad that we got it for yep. you know for kids cuz like i said it it is it's pretty for Young kids that don't know how to read, and it was something for it is something for all ages. Yes, I mean, will I pick up number two? Probably not. But I don't mean, you want to see what happens no. with the pie man? No, I mean, I might pick it up as a trade because it'll definitely be traded. Oh yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I feel sometimes uh, children's books like these work a little bit better if they are traded because you can kind of get in and out real quickly, you know. And you do like getting in and out real quickly. Well, I'm I'm a busy man, so. So the next book... <laughs> Way to make that dirty. <laughs> I didn't. So the next book we're going to do is from Black Mask 
comics. And this is a book that Rich really, really enjoyed, and then he wanted me to read it, and yes. I was like, I don't know. Uh, the book is called Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Um, and I was like, hmm? And it's a, a, a crime caper in five parts, and it's by... Um, it's by Black Mask Studios, so it's really awesome that we're you know reviewing books that are not from the normal uh, book publishers like Image or Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, even. So it's good that these you know these people are coming out with with new types of stuff. So, um, I don't know. This was a it it it, it kind of talked to my geekiness. Yes, I knew you'd <laughs> like it because of the gamers. See, that was the it. Thing. References like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> And rolling so, that die. So I saw the, like on the cover, it's this very sort of noir sort of color, very like monochromatic colors. And it's like, it's like a, um, one of those old seventies kind of, uh, uh, posters, crime posters, but it has like, like 20 sided dice and a, and a, uh, slingshot and a water gun. And it's all just very bizarre. So as it starts, uh, and even the, even the, um, the, uh, uh, cover page yeah, inside cover, cover page yeah the inside cover page has this weird like 70s sort of uh font so the creators in alphabetical order is art and that's okay that's interesting what they did the creators in alphabetical order mm-hmm. when usually the hierarchy is writer artist and so inker colorist mm-hmm. and so and so so i think it's kind of cool that they did it in alphabetical order not in you know this pseudo level of importance but just kind of like who came first which we're going to talk about when we talk about image first or the image issue yeah because i i really think this is kind of cool so it's art and design was tyler boss flattening was claire uh Dizzuti. lettering was by thomas moyer wallpaper design was by courtney mimnard and the writing was by matthew rosenberg interesting that the writer like you said is last yeah by last name no more chapter one as far back as lunchtime, I always wanted to be a gangster. So, yeah, and it, like Rich said, it starts off with these kids playing Dungeons and Dragons, and you're you are you're seeing their characters. Yes, that's what I thought was really cool because it's set in this land of D and D, but you're reading it as a character. But then when you turn the page a couple, you see what they really look like and the descriptions of them. But it, what's what's hilarious is I love how it says. Like so and so plus four charisma or they, yeah and they they keep <laughs> that throughout the whole yep. issue, and then you have the so you have all these different kids and they're all various you know weird social anxieties and whatnot. You have the Jewish kid and he's kind of a badass. Then you have the tomboy, um, and she's the leader. Then you have like the nerdy black kid, which I guess was me. That was you. Thanks. Um, and then you had the really tall kind of kid who was really who who, who was like the smart one, and then. I don't know. It's just a very interesting cast of characters, and and you have the the tomboy's father, um, is sort of like a single dad. Something's happening yeah, with that dad. Single dad trying to take care of his kids, and then all of a sudden, these four guys kind of like walk into the house and start being all badass, and then the kids are just as badass mm-hmm. as they are, and and there's just this weird non nonsense going on about it then these kids get in a car with the guys and one guy has a patch over his eye and they're like should he really be driving the one driving yeah that, that, and i like the <laughs> snark uh, the snarkiness there's a lot of humor yeah. by way of that 
and now the kids are snarky. Like the little Jewish kid is a super badass snarky kid, and then the little black kid is just like, I don't know what to do. And and then you have the you have the the little tomboy, and she's just like, you know, fuck all y'all bitches. And it's just a really interesting story. And then the dad does not want them um, hanging out. Nope. You know, and with each other. Um, but in the last page, something happens. Yep. You know, we talked about spoilers because I wanted to talk to Rich about this. I think that he is the father's older uh, father son. You do. Yep. Huh. Yeah. The main the main group the main uh, the main uh, leader of the gang, I guess, is being really nice to the girl, mm-hmm. and you don't know why. You know, but at the last page, you see the father who actually told the kids not to hang out with them, hanging out with them. So, and of course, like four kids walk into a bank, maybe they're planning something or a heist. It's a weird heist movie, a heist story that that we're building into. I was really like, at first the artwork was a little, I mean, it's very indie, the artwork. So I was like. It is, but you know what? You know how I feel about. Yeah. I actually, this really did work. For the narrative. Because no one looked alike. Exactly. And I appreciated that as someone who is a little nitpicky about its art. Uh, The art was very very well done. Yes. The the panel layout, the page layouts and the panel layouts in this book also, I don't know if it was the, C- the writer or the CB, the CB section when they were when the kids were, were all talking to each other on the CB radio and then that trucker gets on and starts talking to them and they're like, "What? It's just weird shit like that." So they were actually moving the plot forward but still being able to inject this kind of weird humor mm-hmm. <laughs> into it, you know? Like there's one page that has nine panels on it and then the the next couple pages, it's six. There's 24 panels on this page, and it works. It really does tell the story with just using heads and emotions. And as the art, I don't want to call it simple because it's not, but you can definitely get the people's emotions, their eyes, their mouths. Uh, I really liked it. And the at the end, when they're trying to do, the kids are doing their investigative work, it really worked. It, it, was, it was humorous. At that the one kid is bored and the the little Jewish kid who's yeah. just like he's like the little asshole is just like he was just so bored and it's like what's going on? Why can't we find out what's going on? I'm tired of this. This is bullshit. So I want to tell you, this writer, Matthew Rosenberg, is going to be writing Civil War Two, the Kingpin for his wow, mini special. Okay. Is he done anything else for Marvel? Because this I have is, no this idea. This is his who... debut, I believe. And just reading this book, the four kids book, I'm really willing to give Kingpin now a try because his writing on that number one really, really impressed me. So I'll give this. Ki- I was it was Kingpin. I'm like, why the hell are we gonna write it? But you know what? Let's. I'll read his because I think he might be able to get that. After reading Four Kids and the seriousness of it, I think that him doing a Kingpin might work. But he might. But again, like like you were saying, it was serious yet it had, like there was something going on, you know. And and, and this is if this is gonna be his heist movie, then. I want to see how we can do a heist as well. So yeah. it's a really good book, you guys. You should you should definitely check well, it out. Well, we sold out because I recommended this book the whole week. So uh, I'm going to be ordering more. So if you do want it and you shop it, whatever, let me know that you want one. So what do you want to do next? Uh, do you want to do a um, one of the big two now? We've we've given a lot of love to the uh, all right uh, to the indies. So let's do. We have more indies to come. Yeah. So let's do the the one DC book that really seems to be. You know, being okay for us. Although I think you didn't like this episode. This, 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 uh, four issue. What's well, not issue four? It's part four of the dying of Superman. Was a bump in the road for me. 
Uh, so it is Superman Wonder Woman number 28 from DC Comics. The story and words were Peter J. Tomasi. Art was Ed Bennis. Colors, Alex Sinclair. Letters were Rob Lee. And the cover was Paul Renaud. So it ended last, last we met. Wonder Woman was pissed off because she was the last to find out he's dying. And she comes in and she tears into the Fortress, fortress of Solitude all pissed off. And now we get that story. Not very, you know, solitudinal. If everyone knows where it is, don't you think? Yeah. Well, they're doing it. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, of course. <laughs> they're doing it. Yeah, that's where they go. I wonder if she has a key. Like, why she didn't she have She can to... lift that key. I, I would think so. Like, she could just come in and be like, Clark, what are you doing? Yeah. And that is exactly the first page. It says Clark. And then, am I the last Kal-El, to know? You think she would call him Kal-El because that's his real name? Or... I was real quick, just a sidebar. Isn't it weird that everyone calls him by his Earth name and not his? Uh, except for Kara, yeah, she calls him Cal. Yeah, so I always thought when they call him Cal because that's his real name. Except for Clark, because isn't Clark his slave name? Is he Prince now? <laughs> well, he's dying, so it don't matter what his it name is anymore. He'll be gone in like four issues, three issues. Um, so once again, Ed Bennis. He's a great artist, but unfortunately, uh, the over-sexualization of Supergirl just within the first couple pages with her giant boobs and her panty shield is exactly why uh, she needs a new costume. And then you have this weird page, it's a full-page spread of Wonder Woman and Superman making out, and it doesn't look right. It looks like they... they uh, yeah, compress them. Yeah, it just doesn't. The page doesn't look right at all. So the first half of the issue is just about them going through the relationship, and she's like, "Well, let's try to figure this out." And he's like, "Look, we've already talked. Well, you didn't talk to me. Well, look, Bruce and I already know there's no such thing. Accepted. I'm dying. Okay. Then we move the story forward. I'm like, okay. Uh, and that's where the story really fell apart. As if I didn't. The first couple pages weren't bad enough. Now we go back to threads from the prior Superman, which I didn't read and you didn't read. Nope. And it has to do with Rao, or is not, not uh, Rao, it's, uh, what's his name? Ulysses. Ulysses. And I don't know who the other Superman was. He was the guy from a couple issues ago. Oh, that, who, who blew up everybody yes. with shooting with their I-beams. Okay, so that's that guy who believes the Superman. This, well, this is the solar flare guy. Yeah. That, that somehow absorbed Superman's solar flare that I guess... People didn't like, and the creators were like, oh, I guess we're going to just not do this anymore, because it really was a stupid power. But now he's back. So he's back, and he just happens to be in the level above the guy that beat up Superman. and Ulysses. Ulysses. And from there, it just, the whole thing falls apart. I did not care at all. Then the fake Superman thinks that he's Superman, and that he's the one that loves Diana, and they yeah, fight, and right? yeah, I did not understand it. I was really liking the first three issues, and then this one just was a huge bump. And then at the end, the guy that wants to kill Superman's like, yeah, it's okay. I- I'm done. He's already dying. What? And then Wonder Woman breaks in. Oh, no, this, this, no, this did not work for me. Uh, for me, 
the main reason why it didn't work for me was because I didn't read any of those other issues. So I didn't understand, like, I didn't read the whole Ulysses and the solar flare and any of that stuff. So for me, I was kind of lost. Yeah, but he made it work for the first three issues. He gave us enough to where even people, because it's been written, the Peter Tomasi's been writing this the whole time. It's his crossover. Yeah. And he did a great job with the first three issues where he gave us just enough to care mm-hmm. and let us know what was going on. And then this issue, he references stuff. And I just like, well, okay. But that was the thing. I think he's just trying to wrap it up, wrap stuff up, because he didn't write that, that um, Ulysses and the the flare. He didn't write that stuff, you know. So, so I think he's just trying to wrap everything up. The thing that that made me feel kind of like what is just how, how uh, Wonder Woman was just like. Okay, you know, she was just like, don't you know magic? Don't you know gods and shit? Like, can't you? I don't know. It just seems like he's just like he's resigned that he's dying, and she's just like, okay, you know. My other thing is, didn't they break up in one? Like, I could have swore in one of the issues we read they he, broke up, and yeah, and that was never resolved either. Nope. If they're back together or not, so I don't even know if they're supposed to be back together. So their their love affair has been sort of weird. I. Before he was dying, or before he lost all of his powers and all that stuff like that, I really liked that book. I liked that they what they were doing. I liked them together as as this, you know, Sue Woman, you know, Wonder Wonder Manna. I don't know. It's this combination of their two names. I don't know, but I liked them together as a team. I didn't think that I would because I was so used to seeing Lois and Clark, but seeing Superman and Wonder Woman worked for me. Although I still believe that her ultimate soulmate is Batman, but that's just my own. You know, love. I really think that they should be together, but I don't know. I, when he started dying, and they added that to stop laughing at me. <laughs> I had a thought. I don't want to share with the listeners. Okay, then no. Um, but yeah, I just kind of was like, "That's all. This is someone that you love, that you care about, that you go to the ends of the earth and fight all these things." You had a fucking comic. Well, I guess then. once he told her that, you know, Bruce said it can't be done. That that was the end of it. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, because Bruce is the end all be all of everything. And how shitty is it that Bruce would tell her? Oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> Sorry. Well, actually, to tell the truth, I think I think that that's sort of natural because he's he believes that that Clark would have told her what's going on. So, and Bruce kind of is just kind of like, hey, you know, this is what's going on. You know, he's very kind of matter of fact about certain things. You know. I but wonder, I wonder what Bruce will get in Rebirth. What do you mean? It's just the the way that he's being written in different books. I'm just wondering uh, what are we going to get the dark and broody? Are we going to get the, the, I know everything. Are we going to get a combination of everything? Probably a combination of everything. And I really hope that they do. Now that, uh, post 52 Superman will be dead. That does clear the way for Batman and Superman to get to uh, Batman and Wonder Woman to get together. So you really awesome. want them to get together. I really do. I really liked in the old comics when they were kind of flirting and, and they're like, I liked that. So, Make it happen, DC. I know you're listening. <laughs> so the next book we're gonna uh, we're gonna review, and I'm actually surprised by this that I actually like this book, um, is the Micronauts number one by IDW. Um, for all you old school cats out there, Micronauts, you know Marvel did it. And old school cats. What are we at a jazz club now? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna we're gonna hand out some jazz yeah. cigarettes later. Uh, so it's written by Cullen Bunn, who is becoming one of my favorite writers. Uh, Breakdowns was by okay. This is the one thing about this book that I just did not care for. Ooh, what was the breakdowns was by one person. So overall, so 
what the breakdown means is they did the basic character designs, the breakdowns. They, they did the thumbnails. They did all of the sketches and everything. But the finishers are, who are the people that come in and they put down uh, the ink solid it, lines. Put down the solid lines. They color it or they ink it and they color and all sort of stuff. So the finishes was by was by uh, Fico Osio, sorry, Max Dunbar, Jack Lawrence, and David Balladone. The colors was by David Garcia Cruz, uh, Jonah Lafuente, Thomas Deere, and Jean Paul Bove. And the letters was by Tom B. Long. So okay, so what you have in this book then, when you have basically two different two different uh, one artist that's setting everything up, then you have one artist that's that is doing the finishes and in, in their style and inking in their style. Then you have another person uh, doing it, finishing in their style and inking in their style. It creates a a disjointing uh, for the for my from from my opinion it it dis, it makes it disjointed for the reader because the inks because all the characters look the same it's just the inks from page to page are 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 uh, from section to section are different so you go from this really hyper detailed very crisp bright colors and inks to these sort of cartoony type colors and very light color uh very light inks and it just it just kind of it, it loses the impact of uh of the book and i was just that was just something that i just did not care for in this book because the art style is solid i mean it's cartoony but it's a solid you know art style but the the inks though the inks just um and the finishes just take it to a different level um so that was my one complaint about the book but other than that the characters are great the story kind of there's this uh nebulous cloud that is destroying parts of the uh, micronaut universe and the ministry of science is uh trying to understand what it is even at the cost of their own uh scientists um and we have these you know, the Micronauts, which are sort of like pirates, uh, going in and they get caught up in the middle of it. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, so a little uh, history of Micronauts. Yes, please give us a history because I'm my, my, so my Micronauts it's history. So all started about. because of a toy line. Toy line started. Marvel had the property from 1979 to 1986. Then Image took it over from 2002 to 2003. Devils do had it for 2004. And now... IDW has the property. When Marvel had it, there was Ran, Princess Mari, and Bug. They cannot be used. I tried looking into who has rights to what. Um, well, Bug and them were from, from Marvel, though, right? Correct. That's all those. those the, right. Marvel's not going to let them have those characters. No, but it had to do with rights. That's one reason why Marvel lost it, because they wanted to do something, and the, the people that actually hold the rights told them no. And I think that's when they lost it in 86. Um, and then Image took it over. I don't remember the Image or the Devils do at Did all. Did Image do anything? Image, yeah, it ran for for a year from 2002 to 2003. I completely missed that, and I completely missed the Devils do version of it too. So I, the reason wow. why you know we still have the Baron, and we still have um, uh, Biotron. They are uh, Acroyer and all them. Yeah, those I guess are. Micronauts. Yes. But the reason why we have Oz now taking over for Ran 
and we have the space glider and the orbital defender, Larissa and Fenolo Fi. They're brand new characters so that he can still, Bun can still write these. Yeah, he can operate these. So we have the basic feel and we have the, the premise still, but it's taking it to just a whole new level. And I liked it. For me, I agree. Some pages look better than others. Definitely. I love I love David Baldion's art style. He did a bunch of X-Men books and I really liked his it is a realistic but cartoony at the same time. Like he understands the form so he can make these look cartoony. To me this was one giant uh feature animated film that I'm reading. Like some of it I really liked. Um and that's what I mean. It's like an animated film that it looks was. really cool. Like when we first meet the Baron, I was like I love this page. It's gorgeous. Right? And his wife looks amazing. Yep. And then... Those inks just look amazing. Yeah, and then... the But before it, it did get a little cartoony. Right? And I don't know why the, the colorist chose the backgrounds of pinks and yellows. Yep. It took away from everything Correct. that had, had yes. gone on. Yes. Um, some of the pages look amazing. The fight scene? Um, okay. And in the end, I really liked how they just ended it, uh, an explosion. And I think having it end like that really makes you want to go, what happens next? Yeah, I'm going to Like I'm the last, last podcast, we were talking about endings and what things make you want to pick something up mm-hmm. and some things that don't. And the ending of this made me go, oh, okay. And I want to know more about this world. Like I, at first I thought, oh, you know, because of the long history and whoever had it and Disney and all this other stuff. I was thinking, And the rights. Okay. And the rights. I was thinking, okay, I don't know what we're going to get, you know. And then we got it and it was great. I, I really liked this book and I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, again, Colin Bunn is really becoming, you know, a, a, a writer that I can really like, really feel what's going on. Real quick though, just want to want to uh address the peanut gallery a little bit um i'm sorry you didn't like charles but it was great even even when marvel had it it was still a little fun so this is not bad and no frank it wasn't another terrigen mist outbreak that's killing these planets no so just wanted to make it known that no that is not what's going on so neener neener Thank you again for tuning in and checking out the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday from 6 to 7 on MixLR. If you miss an episode or any of our other episodes, you can check out um, this season and any other season that we've done before on SoundCloud. Search the Geek Chat. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Tumblr, and on Instagram. We are also on YouTube. But again, always search the Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search the Geek Chat. Um, and no, Frank, I'm not turning into Ed McMahon. Damn it! <laughs> he that said I was turning. In, he said I was turning into Ed McMahon. Are I you giving know. away money? I could. We could have a little star search going on here. Uh, Beyonce lost. <laughs> she did. <laughs> now she's the queen of the world. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the the two books from Marvel that I really we're going to talk a lot about, Image released their previews. It was the July issue number one. Um, it for the draw for the Walking Dead people. It has Negan's origin, and Negan is really big in the TV show right now. He'll be coming back. We'll see who he killed, 
And in the comic books, <laughs> show you who we killed. Oh no, it was a total cop out. <laughs> um, in the comic books, Negan was introduced in issue one hundred, and that was forever ago. We never really got his origin, so we're gonna get a little four-page uh, origin stories in each of this, and it'll probably be collected at a much, much later time. Oh, this is not the only thing that. This is not the only. I thought it was. I totally thought that no, this it's was... No, this is chapter one. Oh, okay. I totally thought that was it. And I was like, wow, no. only four pages? These Walking Dead people are going to be pissed. <laughs> no, it's an, it's, a, it's, an, it's an ongoing in it. Um, but we just learned that even before the zombie apocalypse, Negan was a dick. That really is all these four pages showed you. Uh, I don't read the books. This is all you do. <laughs> I don't read it. <laughs> but the whole idea behind this image previews is it's it was actually... It's like the old wizard magazines minus all the price guides and the DC Marvel loving. This is just them, the different creators, writers, inkers, colorists, pencilers, giving little interviews about their work. And if you're an image fan, I think this is a great little magazine for them. Yeah, for $1.99. For $1.99. Um, it has interviews with uh, Marjorie Liu. She talks about Monstrous, so if you like Monstrous. And that was a really cool interview. Uh, it previews the new Snot Girl coming up, written by Brian Lee O'Malley, who did... Scott Pilgrim and yes. Seconds. And then art was uh, Leslie Hung, colors by Mickey Quinn, and letters Mar Odomo. Yeah, they write something about anything now. And Literally, it's a woman with snot coming out of her nose. But did you read the interview, though? No. Oh. I didn't read so that interview. So the whole thing... I did. I read most of them. I was just the, like... Uh, the whole thing with this is it's going to be about flash fashion blogging. So the comic is going to be about this girl who... When she does her, it, it's uh, it's all about the damn internet. So when she takes her pictures and she's got her million followers, she's perfect. But the one thing that's wrong with her is she has bad, bad allergies. So she's always got snot coming out of her nose. So she's trying to live a normal life, but she really wants to be this Kim Kardashian type of person where everyone follows her every move. That's what this book is going to be about. <laughs> and not only Ooh, is getting me so excited about this. <laughs> not only is there uh, an interview, this. we're going to be reviewing we will, this. We yeah. hear it now. Not only is there a review, but there are preview pages, which is really cool because you get a feel of what the book's going to be about. Yes. Then they talk about a new book, which I'm actually kind of excited about, called Throwaways. Caitlin Kittredge and um, the artist Steven Sanders. Now, for all you listeners, this was before we actually were doing podcasts. Steven Sanders did the sword book. Do you remember the sword book where oh he God, turned that's a million years he ago. turned the beast into a horse? Yes. So in my head, when I hear Steven Sanders, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but they show you previews from this new book called Throwaways, and I'm like, this looks pretty good. Like he can draw people. And I was like, <laughs> cool, I can't wait to read it. And the thing that got me was this one guy goes to like this um it's in the mission, and he's going what, it's based in San Francisco. Yeah, so he goes in to this meeting, and the guy's like, uh, "Well, so do you want to talk?" It's a support group, and the 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 head guy is like, "And that's why we Charles, Captain Crandall, everything five by five. And I'm like, "What is this, Buffy?" And then he shoots the guy in the head, and I was like, "Okay, I'll read this." <laughs> like that was pretty fucking cool. Violence, yes, bring it, meow, meow. Uh, so there's a lot of other things. I really, you, you should check yeah, this I looked out. At the, I read the uh, China Gluxton major because she's a, or China Gluxton um, interview because she's a friend of mine and I really like Blue Monday. So I thought that was really Blue cool. Blue Monday's coming back. Yep. And that. And a colored edition. And, and it like, references, awesome. so I loved it because it references all old, this old 
80s mm-hmm. music and he, he she really wants to make out with uh, adamant, adamant yeah, and it's really loves, her teacher like she, i was like what so we'll be reading that too yeah i've i have all the old black and white ones when it was done before so china took the uh took the rights to image and they're republishing them congrats uh, to her uh republishing them with a new colored new. edition and yep. i was like excited and so, a new story and a new story so i'm just like i have to I have to pick it up again. Now, does she live around here? No, she lives in San Diego. Well, we need to somehow set yeah. up a little interview. It was. I'm so excited that that this is coming for her, and I was just like, "Yay!" There's also a preview of Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire's new book, "AD After Death," and it's a good, good, you know, good couple pages to really show you what the book's going to be about. And it inter. Uh, there's a shop spotlight, and it was one of my former customers who oh. opened a store. I was like, "Look who that is!" Wow. Now, one of the things I really want to talk about is real quick. I know you're all bored. Uh, there is a piece in here about colorists and it is the colorist Jordi Belair and she works on about 10 to 11 books a month for image and inside of it is something that Des and I feel very passionate about. She talks about, I am tired of colorists not getting royalties, ownership or credit on books. Then she goes to talk about it and she says, Colorists not only help inform the story and create a universe, but they also help keep a book on schedule. They talk about um, the fight for cover, spine credit, and media presence. And colorists deserve more if they are sacrificing just as much. Well, let me tell you, Jordi Belair, we will always give colorists, inkers, and letterers their due. Because if it wasn't for all of you, it isn't just a writer and it isn't just an artist that makes a book. It is a a team of people that bring us month to month, week after week, these books. So thank you. Takes a village people. The uh, village people. It takes a, not the village people, but it takes a, well, actually the village people could probably build a house, you know, because of all of them doing their thing. I doubt it. They were just costumes. They don't know how to do anything. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to say about the image, uh, I, what I liked about it. Yes. It, it, it really read, if you take all the interviews out, you take all that stuff out. Yes, it was a preview for all the books that are coming out. Marvel does the same thing. Diamond has the same thing. The difference that about this that I really enjoyed was the interviews. Yep. Was being able to get um, to know these creators. And I really wish that Marvel would do something like this. I really wish more people would so do something like the this. The difference, though, is Marvel is corporate and the writers write what they're told exactly. to a limit. I mean, they have some freedom, but image, like we've said from the beginning of this podcast, image is about the creators. And I think it's great that in their previews for two bucks, you get interviews and it's not just writers. It's everybody. It goes, it's everybody. Yeah, and I, but even if, even if like action lab or, or IDW or, or even if someone else took this and did this, I think it would be great. I really do because I wasn't going to pick it up at first. I mean, I literally picked it up for, for just, you know, to, to see what's up with China, but I was just like, you know what? This is really, this is really fun. And, and yes, it, it's, it's a means to try to get the word out, but I really liked it. And I really wish there was more of this stuff out there. Granted, I mean, you can go to, comic book resources or you could go um online and find some of this stuff but i really liked i liked i the interviews no the interviews were for this but i miss but i miss old wizards magazines because i I miss that tactile feel of those books in my i agree 100 percent. i think that's one reason why i don't think print will ever die as much as people say what a quick story about those image comics i mean those uh wizards so i had a huge stack of wizard comics that i bought right a huge stack stacks of them and 
because I would buy them every win- every month. They would come out, and I'd buy them, and I'd read them, and I'd look at them, and I'd be so excited. It's so cool. And then they stopped doing them, and so they just sat there, and they just sat there, and they just sat there. And I was just like, what am I going to do with this? And so we had a yard sale, and I put them out, and there was this little kid and his dad that came up, and they just looked at them, and, and this kid was just so enamored with all the pictures and the covers and everything about it and he was just like what is this and i told him oh they're old they're old stories uh old interviews with about comic books and people talking about comic books i mean it doesn't matter now but they're really kind of cool and this kid was like oh my god these are so cool and i was like i, I sold them all like a huge stack for like two dollars you know and i was just like this kid was so excited and i was just like here you go kid but see that's what it's about you, yeah you pass the fun you experienced with them on to, so this kid can and yeah. who knows what that did for him in reading comic books and what he's done now exactly and i think that's that's the cool thing about some of this stuff it's just like that that tactile feel i can't give you my pda or my or my tablet public dysphase of affection yeah i can't do that you know with pdf the, my pdf yes i can't I can't give you like my tablet and say here when I download stuff. So sorry, that's a little off, but I just was just like, I miss stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? So the next, book we're, the next book we're going to review is standoff Omega one, which is the ending to the whole standoff against pleasant Hill. Um, Marvel crossover it should be called standoff. Hallelujah. It's over. <laughs> uh, so the writer was Nick Spencer. The artists were uh, Daniel Acuna with Angel Anunza. Anunza, thank you, Rich. Uh, color artist was I've Daniel. Been practicing his name. <laughs> the color artist was <laughs> Daniel Acuna with Matt Wilson, and the letterer was VCs Clayton Close. Cover artist was Daniel Acuna, and they had a crap load of um, secondary artists. So you're just gonna have to read it for that. <laughs> secondary. That's right. There was like a shitload of like <laughs> variant covers for this book. I don't know why, but. Because there didn't need to be. So, Rich, what did you think about Standoff Omega One? I already told you what I thought. That, that so wasn't it, that wasn't recorded. So here's the thing. <laughs> because of you, I say that now. Thanks a lot. This did not need to be a crossover event like it was. This could have been Standoff Pleasant Hill, five, six issues. Des says four. Maybe I'll agree with him. Maybe crossing. It would have to cross into Captain America because it really did. It's got the the three Captain America brothers in it. It did not need to be in Avengers. It did not need to be in New Avengers. It did not need to be in any of those Illuminati, none of it. Granted, some of the stories were, were better than others, but boy, Marvel, this was an unnecessary crossover for me. So Frank says in the, uh, in the uh, comments, standoff wasn't as tedious if only, if you only read the Alpha, Omega, and Uncanny, and all the new Avengers, and all the new Avengers titles, huh? Well, yeah. I, really, so the, the, all you, all you the, really needed to read, really, all this you last issue was well, no, no. You could have read Alpha, you could have read Captain America, and this, and this, and you'd yeah. have been done. Boop. So the whole purpose of this book was to do a couple things: a, put Cap back in his body, young body, <laughs> uh, because he's getting his own book. Yep. It was to lead into the Thunderbolts, which starts. And I guess they, they have an omnipotent child who can do anything on their team. Sweet. It was. And why is this kid friends with like mocking or um, Moonstone and all them? This, I don't she's know. A, she's, she's like a crazy bitch. Why would you be a friends with her? I don't know. Like seriously. It introduced the new Quasar. 
because we needed that. And who was who was she? Like, was she introduced? Frank, who was this woman that became Quasar? And like, why? I have no idea where she's why from. was Wendell? Why was the original Quasar locked in? Like, what did he do? Yeah, what did he do? That made no sense. <laughs> I just think that things happened to happen because we needed the outcome this way. Like, I still he doesn't. I still agree. Why were these villains locked up with their powers? With their suits and weapons. That was so stupid. Uh, oh, and Frank has an addendum to his post. Yes. He says, all new, all different, not. And he new. repeats, not new Avengers. The other thing this did was really set up what's been going on um, since uh, AVX. Yeah. No, yeah. since AVX. Yeah. yeah. With the Red Skull taking Professor's brain. And we had all that and la, la, la. And then he's been an uncanny Avenger. So we know he's plotting something. And for some reason, he shows up in Pleasant Hill. Which I have no idea why. And, you know, him and his daughter. And it was to get all these villains to be bad. And this, the Red Skull plot from Avengers Standoff continues in the free comic book day Captain America story, which is going to lead off something which they haven't announced yet with this whole army thing of the Red Skull. But But we didn't need the Red Skull in... In uh, Pleasant oh, Hill. But Marvel needed it to tell you that this is important. But why? It's like, you could have just done it. I would have been more more interested to, about seeing the Red Skull coming to power in the free comic book day and just having it be connected to what's happening in All New, All Different. Because or that's Captain America. Doing. Or even Captain America. Because you know? he's, he hates Captain America so much. And now he's got three of them. Well, two plus Winter Soldier. So he must really be pissed. He's like, nah. Um, I don't know. Just... Just the whole thing with the baby doing her thing. And the baby who grows up in every issue. I mean, some artists draw her like she's 13, and some artists draw her like she's four, and I don't know. <laughs> and like her big, and when uh, Deadpool's all, big baby's mad, and I was like, oh, shit. And then she was flinging people around and making people disappear and stuff. I guess she can't kill anybody. No. You know, because she never killed anybody. And I wonder what's going to happen with the doctor. Because I totally thought it was going to be the doctor was going to be a villain yeah, as well. But no. And he was captured by Zemo. And they're, he's going to be either making... See, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to make a, a Cosmic Cube baby. Like a second one. Like a boy version. You know. So she's got someone to play with. Or they're evil and they hate each other. You know. Oh, and it it this also reestablished and <laughs> reintroduced uh, Rick into the Marvel Universe <laughs> again. Why was Rick... Why was... Uh, why was he in? Why was he in a hole? And he's like, if it worked for Saddam, and I'm like, what? How is this? Yeah. Which, which I thought was kind of weird because no kid is gonna know about Saddam Hussein. It's like that's obviously that that joke was obviously written for adults. So mm-hmm. this is definitely not a kid's book. It's just, and then it really did put uh, Maria Hill under the the eyes of the council, and then she tells him off. And I was like, okay, really, the last probably dozen pages of this just sets up everything that's coming from marvel it's their own version of the Mar- uh, the image previews wow frank's got a lot to say in the in the chat this is all setting up the next marvel universe yeah and i agree you know which is all going to be taken down with civil war something's going to happen with civil war too and you know but i wonder if this if this is going to be the impetus to lead in a civil war too because they're saying you know Maria Hill. No, you don't think so. No. Because because with with what happened with Maria Hill. No. At the end of this one. No. No. Just no. No. 
No, I don't want to give spoilers away. No, but I think Maria Hill. I think this is going to. Well, I know you you read some of the free comic book day stuff anyway already. Yeah. But, but I think it would be interesting if this sort of did, you know, run into it. You know, not all of us have that kind of access. But it doesn't. Through. I wish it did. I wish <laughs> they. I wish Marvel would put more care into stuff like this instead of just. It seems like they 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 do their big events and all the last issue does is go into the next big event and they never let things breathe and unfortunately this is kind of the same frank says i'm correct i have no idea why i'm correct but thank you frank <laughs> okay i'm the one that's read it but okay sure my eyes lied to me okay um so the last two books we're going to talk about um are books that i actually enjoyed i am really really enjoying uh this man and what's happening to him it's kind of fucked up but i enjoy it uh one thing i do not like is um is how some writers tend to recycle stories and after we tell you i'm going to talk to you about why i think this was somewhat of a you're going to talk story. to me i'm going to talk to you Ooh, okay to you you know not them uh they're going to listen in oh they're going to listen in so which books are we talking about next well time? we should re- we should do the the first one you're supposed to read was dr strange last days of magic number one um. Yeah. So there's a lot of people here. I'll let you read it all. There's a ton, <laughs> shit, ton of people to ah, read. You're me. So, so this book had multiple stories again, and each story had its own writer, artist, and inker, and all that. So who did the first one? So again, this is Doctor Strange. It's a one shot. Last Days of Magic. Um, I don't know why it says number one. It's kind of a one shot, but it's um. So the first story, and, and all the stories are sort of interchangeable together as what's going on in the whole narrative. So we have Zelma Santin framing sequence, and that's the framing sequences between each of the other two stories. And that was written by Jason Aaron, with artist was uh, Leonardo Romero, colors by Jordi Belair. Um, the next one was Dr. Voodoo, and the writer was uh, Gary Jerry Duggan. Sorry, artist was Delano Bayruth, and the colors was by Dan Brown. And the last one was The Woo, which was writer was James Robinson. Artist was Mike Perkins and colors by Andy Troy. And how it's written is Doctor Strange is doing his thing. And the um, Zelma Stanton, sorry, is this woman that Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Strange helped in the first story arc of the Doctor Strange that was written by Jason Aaron. He helped um, get rid of some evilness in her brain, and she she's a librarian, and she's going to be sitting here doing, um, going to be cataloging cataloging all of his books. So she's it's like a day in the life of her going through while all this evil the the evil um Im Imacurians the the evil people from another dimension who are all about magic who are trying to dest- sorry they're all about science and they're trying to destroy magic in various different realities and they have come to earth to destroy all of the magic users and we are treated to various different magic users in on various different parts of the world even though doctor strange is the sorcerer supreme and protects the whole realm of this universe or the university of 616 um there are other magic users who protect their little corners of the earth and it's about them and how these people these evil uh science people are coming in and and destroying them uh really great story um the the mexican 
magic user was fantastic. We got we got a little uh, Sharknado action going on, which I thought was really cool. He is uh, El Mitico, El Medico, Mexico, East Mexico, and the whole he spoke in all Spanish, and I was like, oh damn! They couldn't even put translation, translation. boxes, really, people. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, he was not translated at all. So he's fighting people. Then we have the Brother Voodoo story, and it's about Brother Voodoo. And he, I love that he used science to save himself while using the print pin particles. I thought that was so cool at the end to protect himself. And then, then we have the Wu, who is a whole new character. Uh, we have a, a transcendental mage who's all about pacifism and a, another one that is just a ghost. And, and the, again, the reason why we get to see all of these people is because these are the people that are going to become the fighting force that is going to fight against the people that are trying to destroy magic. And and yeah, it was just a really interesting story. Uh, it, I mean, it just sets the stage. And, I, and I'm glad that they did this because I was very saddened that it seemed like it was such a singular idea about the death of magic and it needed to spawn more uh, span more books. I know that Doctor Strange is really the only magic user or the main magic user, but I really was hoping that they would add more. So it was good seeing magic. It was good seeing the Scarlet Witch. It was good seeing Brother Voodoo dealing with this. But I really wished that this would have been a crossover because I believe this this is different and it's and it's more interesting than another, you know, Pleasant Hill or another civil war. I mean, I would love to this reminds me of what happened when um when Hercules went up against all those the pantheon of gods when the um when the Japanese guy was trying to kill everybody. You know, it was one of these really small self-contained stories that just didn't make, you know, didn't you know, uh change the status quo that much, but it was awesome. Just like um uh Battle of the Battle, Battle of the X, you know, the um the X-Men story that was a long time ago when they had Legion. The, yeah, yeah, like that one. It's like, that's what I w- wish this would have been, you know. So it leads directly into Doctor Strange number seven, Last Days of Magic Part 2, written by Jason Aaron, pencils and colors by Chris Bacalo, inks by Tim Townsend, Al Vey, Mark Irwin, John Lovesey, Victor Olabaz, Olazaba, sorry, and Jamie Mendoza. Wow. Six freaking inkers. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the covers by Chris Bacalow and Tim Townsend. This continues the story, but this time it's, it tells you a little bit of the history of the, the, her- the heretics. Yeah. And they come from a they came from a, a place, a plane the plane where Sheer Goroth is. What I thought was hilarious. They brought that in, yeah. Yeah, they come from the plane that that, that houses Sheer Goroth and he and they were scientists who fought against magic, and then well, because they were sacrificed. But he was like, but he was like Superman. Did you notice that he was like this this evil guy, sort of like Superman, the last son of of, of, of science people of this universe. And his parents shot him off into space for and a the better clones, life. Yeah, for a better life. So I thought that was kind of cool. But. And then we get to the now, and it shows the magic users, and then the one last old. Uh, Monaco, the the old magic is hiding. Uh, but he was the guy. He was the guy in Jason Aaron's run that was saying you have to uh, 
magic needs to be uh, respected and it needs to hide. And so he was like this old school magician. So he had a stick that had all of his his wand, had all of his magic in it, and he used all of it to free them and and cast a teleportation spell to get them away. And then he sacrifices himself. Like, I'm really excited for the rest of this series, more than I've been for a lot of Marvel stuff. I'm really glad. Because I I enjoy the magic users about uh, the magic users. I enjoy Doctor Strange. So seeing this, like, is really, like, it's got me pumped and, like, you know, Bachelor's artist is fantastic, and it's just—it is. But I had a couple of problems. Of course, he really needs someone. Someone else needs to learn how to design. Don't let Chris Bacalo design people anymore. <laughs> all his women, the costumes, magic—all of them look alike. Yeah, they and do. in here, they all look just like a Magneto's costume. That's true. And the—it just no. And the other thing that kills me is the lack of respect for. So magic, Ilyana Rasputin she's a mutant first. is a fucking mutant first. Her yeah. t- her power, her one mutant power is teleportation. That has nothing to do with magic. Well, it has nothing to do with magic. Well, but doesn't she doesn't she teleport through going limbo. to going to limbo? But limbo's where they, the X Men. No, you what can't. What if they stopped her from going to? No, nope. I had a huge problem with that. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll explain why she can't use it. Um. This I read both, and I'm just like, okay, uh, the coloring again in this book. He does his own colors, which yes. I think is cool. But everyone else inks his stuff, so some pages are really heavily inked, like they are dark. But then you get pages with what's her name, Mindy? What's yeah. her name? Whatever her name uh, is, Zelda. Yeah, Zelma. Zelda. Yeah. Where it's like purples, and she goes in the room that you're never supposed to go. So I'm like, oh, okay, what's gonna happen to her? Like I want to see what happens to her. And then the light blues, like the use of color is really cool in this book. And then the, the end page with the, the green, the warm greens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'll say about that yeah. book. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we love you. Um, we're going to cut a little bit short. Um, only because my um, I forgot your to bring power. My, I forgot to he my forgot power his cord. power cord. So unfortunately, we're going to have to cut it a little bit short. Only by like two minutes. So. But we love you. Thank you for for tuning in. Uh, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we will see you soon. Bye. Geek Shack. Geek Shack. Geek Shack. Geek Shack.